0: I'm Christopher Rice. And
1: I'm Eric Shaw Quinn.
0: Looking for a way to support the dinner party show? A percentage of any purchase you make through a buy link on TheDinnerPartyShow.com will allow us to keep
1: bringing you the show free of charge. If you're an Amazon customer, head to TheDinnerPartyShow.com and click on the Amazon Gold Box located in the lower left hand corner of every page of our site. Do this, and a percentage of each purchase you make at Amazon during that shopping session will support our continued operation.
0: I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And now it's time for another episode of The Dinner Party Show.
2: Hi, I'm MJ Rose, and you're listening to The Dinner Party Show with the fabulous Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn.
1: I went to a
0: marvelous party. Most people don't even know the facts. They go with their gut, don't have the only thing gut cares about is money.
1: Christopher? This is only going to work if we speak one at a time.
0: Fine, you first, Eric. Live! Hi, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And welcome to a special presentation of the Dinner Party Show. Tonight, we're bringing you an encore presentation of our visit from
1: Armistead Maupin. What a charming, gracious man.
0: Now, let's be clear. We're not just playing his interview again because he's the most gracious guest we've ever no, had. We've and had a we, lot of gracious guests. We've
1: had some really lovely guys.
0: Except I, for that I, Anne Rice lady. She was a demon. <laughs> She <laughs> was like, demand, 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 threw the that staff ride, out. And the like, rider yeah.
1: just got, went on for Yeah, she yeah. was really a Lighting nightmare.
0: incense. And, like,
1: yeah. Armistead was really, even among our really sterling, outstanding, spectacular guest. Armistead really did stand out. he was like, I mean, we've always wanted the show to be like having a friend over for dinner, but... It had that sort of sense. It like, did. It did. But
0: also, it was the second time you got to meet one of your idols. Absolutely. The first time was early on in the show. We interviewed Patricia Nell Warren, who wrote The front, back. front. We I have, have to have her time. back. But if people want to download that podcast, it, it is in our iTunes library and in our show archive at thedinnerpartyshow.com. And I and think it's
1: a good time to mention iTunes Reviews. You're your rev- finger at me, so it's reviews. time to mention
0: Yes, iTunes Reviews. We just want to remind people we love for fans of the show to leave us a review on iTunes and to reward you for that, we will read the most clever line of a new review on the show every week that we have one to read. Right? <laughs> so get to work.
1: It won't be this week, but yeah, when, no. we, um, when we come back on next week when we're going to have Summer movie previews. That's correct. And That's correct. We want we want your input. It's you're the guest show, um, and we want to talk with you about what movies you want to see this summer. So call the party line. Yes, at three two three Pez. Pez. T-D-P-S. TDPS. That's
0: P-E-Z-T-D-P-S. TDPS. Maybe one of these days we'll give the actual numerical phone number, but I, can't I what think that it's is. easy to remember 323 PEZ TDPS. It drives my mother insane when I give it to her. She's like, can't you just give me the numbers? What is a PEZ? Because she
1: calls all the
0: time. Yeah, I know. Well, careful. Don't tempt her. I dare you,
1: Anne Rice. I dare you to call.
0: She goes on the Facebook page. We should also remind people that during shows, we ask you to interact with us on our Facebook page. Shea Butters is always there, minding the I, uh, Even though
1: this is an encore presentation, Jay is still there live absolutely. on the Facebook page to glean your funnest comments and absolutely. convey them to the other party people. Totally.
0: So, yes, you got to meet your idols, Patricia Nell Warren and Armistead Maupin.
1: Oh, my God, it really was an amazing moment.
0: And for me, one of my highlights was meeting Patricia Cornwell and wow. having her... Comment positively on my research techniques, given that she is the queen of forensic science fiction and research, and I have been reading her books my entire life and adore her. So, a lot of high points on the show, but tonight's encore is about one of them, which is meeting Armistead.
1: Yeah, really, really a wonderful, um, wonderful guest and a one. I, I think a great interview, and if we're going to hark back. Absolutely. Um, and look at.
0: Also, I think it was a great interview because he was doing it either the day after or the day he discovered that the days of Anna Madrigal which he is claiming will be the last entry in the Tales of the City series. We'll see. Had debuted on the New York Times bestseller list. Right. So, and I think it had cracked the top 15, which we, he said was, he'd yeah. only done maybe once or twice before, but you'll was have to a, listen to it. Was a big, big day. Out. It was yeah. a great
1: day. To, it, it, was, it was just great to meet him. It yeah. was really, and so we wanted to, to share that with you this week and then next week we want to know, we want you to share with us what your thoughts are on what movies you're dying to see. And
0: next week we should say, uh, we're live again. We're yeah. back live. We'll be in live studio. in the studio.
1: So we'll be um, answering your questions live on the air and of course I will be back from you. Dallas, Texas yeah <laughs> if he's survived the grassy and, and all. and
0: what we keep forgetting to mention we're promoting so many different things is at this point I, we will either know whether I won the Bram Stoker Award or not oh <laughs>
1: I didn't know that was even it's coming It's happening.
0: Up. The Stoker Awards are happening in Atlanta the weekend before the Romantic Times Convention. So I'm actually flying to Dallas for a few days with family, then flying from there to Atlanta for the Stokers, then back to Dallas for the Romantic. It's busy baby. So we'll
1: either celebrate or console Christopher. We'll <laughs> yeah, either celebrate or I'll be crying Next that Saturday. I lost this
0: Bram Stoker Award twice in a row. The first time I lost, I posted a nearly naked selfie of myself, which got a lot of attention. I'm not doing that again if I lose. But I, my because h- I'm
1: taking his devices away from him.
0: <laughs> my hope, my hope, and this will have either happen by this point or it will not, if I do win, I'm going to pose fully clothed in front of the same bathroom mirror in exactly the same spot and take a selfie Holding the award. with the
1: award. That sounds like a much better plan. That's what I'm rooting for. Here's hoping. I good. hope that's happening. And also next week, we'll be talking about more about the favorites. We'll talk a yes. little bit more about those at the end of the show, but we'll be premiering new Christopher and Eric's favorites. That's right. We're
0: going to do that once a month. Christopher and Eric's favorites is a section of thedinnerpartyshow.com where we give genuine and heartfelt recommendations of various products that we love, including books and movies, but also including snack foods and household items. And again, we'd like to remind you that every purchase made through one of these buy links will support The Dinner Party Show, which currently comes to you, you free of charge. And it's not going to cost you anything extra It wouldn't or change additional.
1: your shopping experience at all. So yeah. if you're shopping at Amazon, start at The Dinner Party and Show.
0: And there's that gold box. Yeah. Don't Click forget the about gold gold the gold box. box. If, if you're, you're going to make any visit to Amazon, if you're an Amazon customer, start by entering through The Gold Box at dinnerpartyshow.com, which is on the left-hand side of every page of the site, I think, and we will get a portion of every purchase that you make, and that is how we keep the show running. One of the ways. One of the many ways. The one other the is ways. doing
1: exactly what Eric says. <laughs> That's the most. All important. the time. That's the main one. All
0: right. Well, next up, we have a word from one of our sponsors, and then a special encore presentation of our interview with Armistead Maupin.
3: You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Enjoy the hors d'oeuvres, but don't fill up. There's plenty more to come. For 50 years,
1: Oliver and Roe has brought you some of the finest works of American literature. Our authors include world leaders and multiple Pulitzer and Nobel Prize winners. Now, in recognition of the changing landscape of publishing, Oliver and Roe has selected the very best works of these independent authors who have made a distinguished and profitable name for themselves in the new digital marketplace. We're bringing you exclusive print editions of their most popular works with our new imprint, Trailblazer Books. And it all begins this month with Dark Sex! The Adventure Begins! When divorcee Sheila Bowser is forced to start a dog-walking business after her husband abandons her, she falls under the spell of a particularly pugnacious St. Bernard, with a fetish for mature women and a penchant for standing upright. Romantic antics ensue in dog sex. The adventure begins, the first in a 76-part series. And next month, we bring a Girl Scout Beetlejuice Jungle Party. When their chartered jet crashes in the Amazon rainforest, this nubile young Girl Scout troop finds themselves deliciously menaced by a handsome, insect-like creature produces a very sweet nectar. Who will be the first to take a drink at the Girl Scout Beetlejuice Jungle Party? This special omnibus edition includes all 600 digital installments. And coming this fall, Dalai Lama Mama, sex monster of the Himalayas. When Chinese troops menace the Himalaya hideaway of one of the world's foremost spiritual leaders, Dalai Lama is forced to stop them the only way he knows how. With sex, Namaste has never been so gay. Trailblazer books from Oliver and Roe, bringing you the best works from writers who blew past the gatekeepers so they could blow whoever and whatever they felt like. It all begins this month at one of the last remaining bookstores in your city.
3: And you know, Amazon. The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Bringing you interviews with some of the hottest celebrities who made the mistake of taking Christopher and Eric's call. I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn.
0: It's summertime, and that means those of us who aren't at the beach are headed to the multiplex.
1: This Sunday, The Dinner Party Show brings you an... All-new live edition of You're the Guest. This one's devoted to summer favorites.
0: Jurassic World or Terminator Genesis, The Avengers, Age
1: of Ultron or Fantastic Four? We want to hear your picks for what you think will be the most spectacular... Or the most craptacular summer movies of 2015... Call our party line at 323 PEZ TDPS or leave us a post on our Facebook fan page.
0: And we'll also roll out some new favorites of our own at Christopher and Eric's favorites at the TheDinnerPartyShow.com. It all happens this Sunday, May 24th on an all new live
3: cast of The Dinner Party Show. The Dinner Party Show. A new live cast begins airing every Sunday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific at TheDinnerPartyShow.com or through our free mobile app. Subscribe to our podcast on iTunes where all All of our shows are available for free anytime you want to listen. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where the soup is hot, but the heads are hotter. In 1971,
0: Armistead Mopen was working as a newspaper reporter when he was assigned to the San Francisco Bureau of the Associated Press. Thank goodness. Just six years later, he launched his groundbreaking Tales of the City as a serial in the San Francisco Chronicle. The resulting series now spans seven volumes, and Armistead Mopin joins us today to talk about the latest. It's called The Days of Anna Madrigal, And to the great sadness of many, it is, he claims, the final installment in this beloved and groundbreaking series, which forever changed the way the world saw San Francisco, gay people, and beach blanket Babylon. (laughs) Arvist Edmopan, we are thrilled to welcome you to the Dinner Party Show this evening, and we want to tell everyone that we just got the news that the book debuted at number seven on the New York Times bestseller list.
4: I just got it myself. I'm I'm over the moon. It's never happened to me before. I'm 69 years old, and I've made the extended list, you know. Uh-huh. And had that thing of hoping that the next week it would tip over. Right. Really? Uh-huh. Well, uh, Cuz so then glad you get to call yourself celebrate. a New York Times bestseller if right, you, if you right. make the extended list, but I've never been I've never uh, gotten this high up and I'm I'm higher than well, she's only been on the list for two two years. Gillian Flynn. Oh, Gone Girl. Right, oh, yeah. right, right. Whose novel I absolutely love and gobble down. Uh-huh. But, I... but it is
1: really timed. It's just indiscreet to remain on the list this long. I know. It's, t- it's yes. just rude. <laughs> it's time to
0: go. Well, do yeah. you remember children's books used to remain on the list for years and years and years before people complained and they made a separate bestseller list thing, for yeah. children's books? Well, that's wonderful. Congratulations.
4: Thank that's you really... very much. Well,
1: we have champagne. We'll crack it open if you're in the Oh, mood. I'm
4: happy with this little tea party. Uh- <laughs> Good. We always get you. And too. I must say, the, I had no idea you had these lavish surroundings. <laughs> it's perfectly suited for, for something called the dinner party show. Absolutely. That was what you we You have were to walk for. into a, like a sleazy motel to get to it. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Kind of now, don't give away all our secrets, Austin. <laughs> we don't, have, we don't people know what exactly where here. it is. Yeah,
5: yeah, it's really
1: heaven Yeah, Yeah, some of the neighbors are like, really, that's right across the street. No. <laughs> Great, okay. Let's
0: just say the surrounding businesses are all businesses we don't want to use as points of orientation when we give directions. So we oh, have to okay. say, go in the western direction on this Whoa, boulevard. It's also a
4: very... Fa- I mean, I lived here. This is my old neighborhood. I lived is here. It? I lived at the Chateau Marmont for three months in in uh, in 1979. So I wandered up and down the strip, right? Mm-hmm. And, and that uh, really
1: is the neighbor. That's the that's the monument we use. It's yeah, that's
4: really, that's right yeah. there, just just to the left of. My instruction said, "Just to the left of the pink
5: taco." <laughs> <laughs> I said, a "What?" Right. Yeah,
4: that was one of those. I it was a strip club. Apparently, That's it's actually right. a taco it joint. Yeah, taco the strip club's across the street. Yeah, yeah. 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 it's
0: really uh, yeah. The neighborhood has changed a lot since you lived oh, at the Chateau man. Marmont. You know, but it's
4: still you know the great success the of the moment is heralded by whatever is painted largest. Uh, yes. I have the girls uh, billboard right in my uh, uh, yeah, she uh, is in my window at the, the
1: inescapable Lena 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 Dunham Lena Dunham yeah. Lena Dunham There's certain yeah.
0: apartment buildings where they should say if you're going to live here you better really like what's on HBO because they own that billboard. You will be out looking out at your it. window.
4: <laughs> when It'll I when I was at the uh, Chateau eyes. Marmont uh, I was in one of the I don't think they are called bungalows but the smaller yeah. mm-hmm. freestanding yeah. Things there. And there was the giant uh billboard for for the uh, Paul Schrader movie Hardcore. Oh, and it right. said, Oh my god, that's my daughter. That's what it said <laughs> over my bungalow. <clears throat> <laughs> and I and I, I applied it very personally because every night I wander down Fairfax to basic plumbing. Uh-huh. The sex club down on Fairfax. Uh-huh. Uh, and i wonder had, if that's still there I think no that's, it's, it's probably a, long a chinese gone. restaurant it's such a
1: great it's like a name you'd make up for one of, oh, your, one of your books I, it's, it's it better little, than any of the names i've heard it was
4: weird though because it was right next to the deserted jc bring salon so it had the <laughs> ghost of the manson murders right next door to it <laughs> i love zoning in los angeles yeah. it's so exciting yeah. And a children's theater, right? And i i would I would leave basic plumbing and walk back up to uh, the strip, and go and have tapioca at Greenblatt's.
0: Oh yeah, Greenblatt's
4: is still there. Yeah, Greenblatt's will always be still there. wonderful. Yeah. Loved it. I don't know yeah. what the tapioca thing was about on my part, but I uh, it was a thing. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, you were in good company, uh, celestially at least, because apparently F. Scott Fitzgerald had his last meal from Greenblatt's. Oh,
4: I thought you were still talking about basic plumbing. <laughs> <laughs> he also went to basic plumbing. He may had his last meal He got a... away
0: from Zelda at basic plumbing. No, yes, <laughs> yes. His last meal was apparently from there. He was, in too, he was in bad shape, so he couldn't go out. And so they brought him a meal from Greenblatt's Delicatessen. Well, I, I loved
4: know. it because I could really, you know, wallow in the romance of old Hollywood. I mean, I, the Garden yeah. of Allah was no longer there. Across the street from the chateau, right. but I knew where it was. Right. And I ate at Schwab's every morning. Oh, Schwab's was, was still there. was still there. Oh, wow. And one day I sat next to um, Hiram Keller, who was the cute brunette in Satyricon. God, Satyricon. Fellini. Yeah.
1: Long time ago. I can't yeah.
4: Vague. Hey, I don't think he'd that. worked since Satyricon. That but, would do it, yeah. But I would buy The Hollywood Reporter every morning, uh, uh. Tales of the City. My my first novel had been acquired by Warner Brothers, and I thought that meant any second now it right. would be a movie. Uh, wouldn't that be nice, <laughs> this is right? I, I oh, development! I, I know. I, I once wrote in uh, in a novel that Hollywood was a town where you could die of encouragement. <laughs> <laughs>
5: Yes, absolutely. And I always have that.
1: I'm telling you, I'm going to die from colorectal cancer from all the smoke that's been blown
4: up my ass since <laughs> I moved here 24 right, years right, ago. Yeah. Absolutely, you really don't know when you come in. You're you all really, wide out. Yeah. If they have lunch with you, you think you're home free, oh, and that means but they fuck just all have all. to have yeah. lunch. But yes. all
0: all <laughs> of your memories of L.A. still seem very sort of sweet and rosy, despite the fact that you know you know the truth about the place, as do we all.
4: Oh, I still, <laughs> um, I still think you. I, think, I when I come to town, I still feel. like, like Lucy and Ricky arriving for the first time. <laughs> I have this uh, I think it's the distance that I keep from it really in the long run. <laughs> that would help. You yes. could still come back and feel have a certain sense of wonderment sort about of it.
1: newness, it is still Hollywood and it, it is a wonderful place because people bring their dreams here. There is a they certain do. there's a certain atmosphere of like yes, I am away and I think there is less um Judgment of I'm a waiter, but I have a screenplay, and one day maybe like this thing the Dallas Buyers Club I was just seeing was rejected 137 times, and now they're really now they're yeah. Oscar contenders. Like, that is such like for an artist and for a writer, particularly, that is such encouraging news. I, how many times? rejection after rejection after rejection that you have to go through, and you just have to keep believing. And I, I like that there's an atmosphere here of we come here because we try and be, we collectively
4: believe in ourselves until something happens. Until something it, happens. Even when it doesn't. And it could be a fluke. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, when you think about how people can get in now through the Internet. Right. Uh, somebody told me that uh, Macklemore and uh, Ryan Lewis, the singing, you know, rapping that song right. at the Grammys right. the other night, that that was a, a YouTube Wow. Thing yeah. initially. And there they here they are. All of Hollywood is standing in the room embracing the obvious that it's time to stop, stop picking on gay folks. I, right. I,
1: yeah, it probably was <laughs> Even, a couple of it, years ago, but certainly now. Um, Mr. Putin, if you're listening. And yeah, yeah,
4: yeah. Well, I mean, you know, in terms of it, it allowing it into the culture, basically, right. that's what blew me away. That it was right there in the room. Right. And Keith Urban was crying. And right. They, they could have done better married. with their selection of the... Of the officiant in terms of Queen Latifah, but I won't go into that. <laughs> well, you know,
1: maybe she'll Let's, feel encouraged to exactly. finally. Maybe like, she
4: was so. Maybe the sight of all those people, right. um, maybe she'll fulfilling their believe, love will give right. her, you know, the courage to do what to own up. She knows what she needs to do. Yeah, and um, maybe not. Maybe not. But you know, I think what we're all saying is that
0: life has not lived in a straight line, which is going to bring me back to your story because I want to ask you when you were reassigned to the Associated Press bureau out in San Francisco, were you saying I'm going to write a, a serialized
4: novel that will change the world? No way. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, you just—I was a coming lot of out. Credit. It was really the other way around. It yeah. was the coming out and the and the and the you know the the sexual exploration and the and the fun of having straight people who embraced me for who I was and all of that was there to lift me up to the point where I would write this story, basically, because mm-hmm. I, I came in 71 and I started uh, Tales of the City in 75. Even earlier than that, I had, um, I was on one of those lists like you always get on, Chris. <laughs> the undatable list. <laughs> Back in my list. cute days. <laughs> <laughs> they put me on, the San Francisco Magazine in 73 put me on something called the 10 sexiest men in town, oh. because it was not stylish to have bachelors back then because everybody was supposed to be free so it was the it was the 10 eligible bachelor bachelor list right. but i said i wouldn't do it unless i could say that i was gay so um uh, I sort of did that in '73, they, and that it
1: was. Did they relent? Did they?
4: No, yeah, it was there, and I got a lot of creepy people trying to track me down. Let me tell you, it was not a.
1: But good
0: for you. <laughs> it
4: was like having a Facebook profile before <laughs> yeah. everyone else was. on Yeah. Facebook. Oh dear
0: God. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah. Excellent. Well, we'll be back here in just a moment with Armistead Mopin, the creator of Tales and of the tales City. More tales
1: of Armistead Maupin. Uh,
0: yeah, tales of every city he's ever been. We hope here on the Dinner Party Show.
1: I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn.
0: The internet is full of people talking about stuff they hate. So on the dinnerpartyshow.com, we've decided to launch a new feature that's all about stuff
1: we love. That's right. It's called Christopher and Eric's Favorites. Each month, we'll recommend a variety of products we just can't live without so that you can enjoy them, too.
0: You can visit Christopher and Eric's favorites at TheDinnerPartyShow.com, and that's where you can also sign up for our newsletter and be the first to know when new favorites are added to the site.
1: And remember, if you use any of the buy links on TheDinnerPartyShow.com, a percentage of your purchase
3: will help support the operation of the show. You're listening to The Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn. Let's
0: dish! Hi, I'm Christopher Rice. And I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. And welcome back to The Dinner Party Show. Michael Tolliver, Anna Madrigal, Marianne Singleton. These are the names of some of the most beloved San Franciscans in English literature, and they are all the creations of our guests this evening, Armistead Mopen. Armistead, thank you for being here.
4: It's so much fun. I'm really, it was very exciting when I ha- heard you guys booked me, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've <laughs> enjoyed the show in oh the past. My God. And they are having fun. There's the quote. Right?
0: We're having fun. That's the quote. That's, I think,
1: yeah. I, I don't think we'd, I think we'd stop if we stopped having fun. I mean, there have been moments when it was like, okay, I'm going to kill everybody. If this, <laughs> but but for the most part, we have a really good time. Yeah. And, right and that's what we want to share with people when they come by.
4: I'm, and it's very old-timey. They used to do this on radio in the old days, yeah. didn't they? Yeah. They had breakfast clubs. Breakfast with
1: Lesson Bass. I think of that. It was a play. It was a play. Yeah, that I think of all the time.
0: It's it's wonderful for writers because it's theater of the mind, right? We're literally yeah. playing with words in somebody's mind, and they get to imagine most of it. We do all of these specials now, like the Jordan Amos right. and Experience and Live from Poison Creek, and it's like writing a TV show, but but the the humor is more expansive because you can suggest anything, you know, right? Exactly, and
1: it's limitless. There's no budgetary considerations because if we want to blow up a cathedral, well, we can just <laughs> blow one up because that's exactly. you know, like there's no price. On it, we just Brandon figures out what that would sound like, yeah. and it plays in the background. And Christopher and I run screaming what in fun, here. What fun, you know? Yeah.
4: Just fluid storytelling. I was I was in love with the radio when I was six years old. My parents spoiled me to death. Um, Blasm. Put me in an in an upper bunk in the bedroom. I had an upper bunk and a little shelf up there with my radio. huh. and I would listen to Big John and Sparky, which is something you probably don't know about. I don't know that one. I, know it that. was a show with a guy with a puppet, but there was no puppet. He just. <laughs> Right. He did, he did because he voice. was on the radio. Right. They finally okay. had to come up with a puppet that looked like him and I looked him I, I, I looked him up, I Googled <laughs> him, Googled Big John. And he's just a flaming queen. It was yes. really obvious why I loved Big John. Yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, that's an interesting thing in later life to look back on the shows that you were fond of when you were a kid and go, yeah. wow, everybody. The Wild Wild West was one I was crazy about oh, when yeah, I was a those kid. Pants. And like, oh my God, <laughs> the Krylon pants, <laughs> pants with no shirt ever. Yeah. And all of the villains are just screaming <laughs> yeah. queens. I watched it as an adult and went, oh my God, no wonder
4: I watched this show when I was <laughs> six. Right, right. I was also uh, drawn to our sisters in a way. I guess you could call Tallulah a sister. She's everybody's sister. In I a way. think so. She had a she had uh, the big show, which was a radio variety show. Oh, where she was just being Tallulah on the air. Right. I, I didn't know what she looked like, but I was completely and utterly in Absolutely. love with her voice. Absolutely, mm-hmm. and she ended every show singing. Um, <laughs> May the good Lord bless and keep you. <laughs> and it was, she was like an angel to me.
5: You know? <laughs> oh, that's wonderful. Tallulah
1: singing. Wow. Yeah. We'll have to find a
4: singing recording of that. religiously. Yes. <laughs> Blessing us all, right? Wow, we have to,
0: uh, or maybe do our own Tallulah. We well, have some, is, we have some voices in our stable. I, I was here gonna, at that the may Party be the show. show
1: we have the most in common with. I think we might want to listen back, get yeah, some ideas totally. from Tallulah. It was called what? The big
0: show. with Tallulah Bank. It's got to be online. It's it got to be on a variety iTunes or Yeah, things. Yeah, it's bound to be. Absolutely, that's wonderful. So I have to ask you some technical writer questions. Oh because sure, because we're sure. All, all three of us are writers here. But I'm always curious to know. Uh, how much of a sense a writer has of where he's headed when he starts? And with you, were you really headed towards six volumes? Or did you just no. think, oh, I'll just start with these I people? was trying
4: to get out the daily installment in the paper initially when it was serialized in the Chronicle. I just wanted to make something that had a shape, uh, you know, 800 words that had a shape. Right. And then I started creating a cast and then I started alternating them and it kind of grew organically. Right. I certainly didn't think about how that there were going to be a series of novels, and that each of them had to be self-contained, and that now the now all nine of them would have to have a shape. Right. Um, I think it was just a, a wiring that developed right. over time. You were, know?
1: were the the characters are very distinctive. Were they? Was there any reality to them? Were there people that you had met who inspired you at the time to with the the characters that have to come the, the stock and trade of the, the tails?
4: Um, some of them were. I mean, I'd be an idea like there was a kind of a hippie woman at the ad agency whose job was to be creative, impress the clients with her. Wacky creativity, so uh-huh. she had like a Victorian toilet and a hookah in her in her <laughs> office <laughs> in her office, like I, you do. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who, who doesn't Mona, want a Mona Ramsey did and... that. Yeah. You uh-huh. know, she sort of sold her wackiness, uh, although she was love, kind of bitter about it because she really didn't want to be uh-huh. working in an ad agency. I was the mailboy at the ad agency where that happened and my boss was very much like the conservative guy that ran Halcyon Communications. Right. And- Marianne Singleton had to hang out the flag every day on the front of the building. I did, too. I raised the American flag. That was my first job in the morning. Oh, my God. Because this guy was like a retired admiral. Right. Um, <laughs> Fire So, a- bits and pieces. Pe- it all cannon. came out of my life. Uh-huh. But then to make them alive, I'm sure you both do this, you mm. find something in yourself. You find... Yes. Some quality, good or bad, uh, you go down some some lane or another to, uh, to give it uh, emotional life. Yes. Yeah, yeah, they're all you in the
0: end. Exactly. They're all you in the end. Exactly, and that's why the
4: question of which
0: of your characters are based on real people is always impossible to answer, and I, I think, because f- they're all yeah. me. It, yeah, exactly. yeah,
4: exactly. It was a yeah. huge relief. Uh, when when uh, Laura Linney and Olympia Dukakis played two of the major characters, in, right, and became so indelibly uh, attached to it that suddenly I right. was here. I hear Laura's when I wrote. The Marianne character this time. I can't imagine, yes. I I hear Laura's voice, and that took the pressure off me because I was always hearing my voice in the past. Well, you know, that's a fascinating (laughs) thing
0: because a lot of writers, that completely short-circuits them. Like Thomas Harris has allegedly never seen the movie of Silence of the Lambs. He doesn't want to. He Ah. doesn't want to associate those characters with those actors but but you know i would i would embrace the experience i would think it would be fascinating if they do a wonderful job if as they, they did with yours job. and they did do a wonderful job i mean i moved seamlessly from watching them into reading them and there was no hiccup i had i had the experience of i could hear the characters and the actors together when I began to read the books apart yeah. from the miniseries.
4: Yeah, I was really lucky yeah. in that way. And
1: they were very, it was a very successful realization. I think nothing would be worse than a horrible realization of your work and being and stuck then, with yeah.
4: those <laughs> images in your
5: head of like,
1: not him, oh, no. no, not him. Yeah. yeah,
4: right. It was eerie about uh, Marianne because there's so much of me and Marianne Singleton that when Laura came along and understood this character so well, so we perfectly. in turn understood each other. I'm sure. It was the beginning of a uh, an amazing friendship where we are, we just um you know for a we I won't say we finished each other's sentences but we can look across a room and, mm-hmm. and be thinking the same I would think. Usually wicked thing. <laughs> right? Because we're both we're both trained to be polite. Yes. We have southern backgrounds. Right, we have right. a sort of gracious we you know, we believe in that. Right. But at the same time you do have those private thoughts and I And I I know we both know how each other thinks. Do you know? Can I brag about my... uh about my baby? You can brag about anything you want. You know, Laura had a, a a baby two weeks ago. No, I didn't know this. Yeah,
1: I saw something in entertainment. Uh, I'm always entertainment the week. she Well, no.
4: she very wisely and cleverly just kept it off the radar. Yeah, it was the oh, first wow.
1: time I'd heard of it. In fact, I was even thinking, well, maybe she hired a surrogate or no, something. No, no, no. I could I it can personally no vouch no for sign that. Of it. <laughs> it was like,
4: oh, bam. She Skyped me her, her stomach. Oh, oh. Oh, but not like, the birth, just the No, son. No, okay, no, no. called oh, yeah. oh, right. That would
0: be an installment in tales no, of no, the- no, no, no. Like,
4: oh my God. Oh dear God, I <laughs> no, didn't want to Mar- see that. That was that was uh that was uh something I heard about right after. Um uh, she and Mark shower, her wonderful husband, who my husband Chris and I have become very close, to, we're we're like we're like Lucy and Ricky and Fred and Ethel.
5: <laughs> and
4: Are we saying who's who? Yeah, I'm afraid I'm probably uh, Fred. <laughs> but but uh, the baby's name is Bennett Armistead Shower. Oh, uh, she named sh- she gave the baby my name. Oh, admittedly. that's wonderful! Such an honor! I, that's I, wow! I, uh, I don't think I've ever had such a gift. I, was, yeah, uh,
1: that's a that blow you out of the water. That's quite an honor. Yeah. Wow.
4: So you are close. Yeah. So now now yeah. Yes, we are. That's what my husband said. He said I knew she liked you but but wow she yeah. really and
0: you were like yeah. Sally Field you really really like me yeah,
4: yeah. I yeah I said to her, I didn't think you could uh, top she I was her date for the Oscars when she was nominated for best actress Right Right We were both sort of uh we were we were in between husbands Uh-huh and uh <laughs> Not sort of so we we she asked me if I would I'd come I come with her and um so I had that amazing red right, carpet that's experience that's great What was that like Um She said before, "Where you know it's a giant traffic jam, as you know." Yes, yeah. All these limousines waiting in line to get out and go up there. And she said, "The red carpet will be very, very weird, but once you get inside, it'll be like a high school prom." Hmm. And that's exactly what it felt like. Um, The carpet was weird. Um, They're all shouting. They, I don't know. They, (laughs) I think they thought Laura was there with her father, justifiably. (laughs)
0: Oh, oh when you're, uh, they're shouting at you when you're on when the carpet. You're, there's a, the I thought this was after there. you got in and, and they no, were shouting no, no. instructions at <laughs> in you. And I thought, no. oh, God, the, the music no. dies and then it's just like a mob scene And during the commercial
4: breaks. My job was to keep people from stepping on the train yes, of right. Laura's yeah. red Valentino, which just happened to be exactly the same color as the as red the carpet. As the carpet. Oh, dear. Oh, I stepped dear. on it once. <laughs> but you were uh, allowed well, <laughs> she he was given she, three steps, she was, and then it was, and then she was going to take very, his eyes out. He was Get very off. gracious about it. <laughs> um, but and true enough, when we got inside, and because Laura has such respect from other actors, um, uh, you know, they were all sailing up and saying hello to her. And right.
1: Uh, uh, Congratulations yeah. on her nomination.
4: And yeah, all that. yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, so, yeah, it was great. It was like a gay boy's dream come true. I bet. It was, like, it was I bet. That's why I asked. I was, yeah. yeah. Thing. That's what did you wear? <laughs> a tuxedo with a, I don't know, I think I had some sort of little... Uh, thing I'd bought in Paris that was a butterfly's wing that had been from the 1930s. It was set in a little... It was like a little... Oh, well, it sounds lovely. ...lapel oh. thing. Just to dress it up just a little enough. bit. Just yeah. to
0: set
1: it off. Right. Yeah, that's fantastic. It's, it, it is the, the Oscars after all.
0: Okay, well, speaking of famous ladies, my mother, Anne Rice, sends her best wishes. I
1: please give her my love. You all
0: met many years ago when we all lived in San Francisco. Yeah, on yeah, Noe we, Hill. Yeah, Noe Hill. Absolutely. We lived at 17th and Noe. And... Um, we left in 1988 and we watched the value of that house. We kept the house and rented oh my it out. God. And I mean, the dot com thing happened right after we left. And, and the city was never the same
4: after that. That's right.
0: You know, And I, this is part of what she wanted to ask you. She actually posted a question for you on our Facebook page. Please Plus ask Armistead if he is conflicted about leaving San Francisco. What is San Francisco like today as compared to when you first arrived? She saw, goes on to add that she was just looking at rents online and she couldn't believe it, the cost of renting an apartment in the oh, city. Oh, it's horrifying. Yeah,
4: I, I Actually, we, we do miss our friends there. We mm. miss people. Uh, right, and like there's a do. physical beauty to it that's not going to go away anytime it's soon stunning, that's yeah. why all the techies want to live there and I can't exactly blame them if no. I were yeah 30 years old and had a billion dollars I'd so, want the such cutest place romantic in romantic setting absolutely yeah. um, but it has changed things and artists have been driven out basically mm. yeah right anybody you don't you just can't chase that dream anymore within the city limits mm-hmm. um, and I have to say I'm one of them mm. um, uh you know we it, it Writers don't make nearly as much money as people think they do. No, they don't. They really <laughs> don't. Isn't it funny the way they depict writers in movies
1: and on television with these big lavish Oh, oh absolutely. absolutely. I always think, what writer is that? Or this? the way
0: they depict publishing houses in New York is like multimedia empires. It's yeah. Like, have you ever been to the offices of Simon & Schuster? They're <laughs> yeah. like the little cubicles. And yeah, more. they barely have windows <laughs> in right. HarperCollins.
4: Exactly. Yeah. Uh, did you see the um, uh, Christopher and his kind, the BBC uh, version of, of that story, Ish Christopher Ishwood? Story. I haven't no, seen it. Yeah, I have got it on I my Netflix. I actually
0: looked at. Uh, I tried to get it online legally, of course, and I couldn't get it because that beautiful boy who was on American Horror Story this season, I believe, is in it. As yeah, well. there's some really yeah. cute. It's people on in instant
1: it. download on Netflix uh, now. Oh,
4: I will. I, I'm it's, gentlemen. I have to go. It's, it's, it's at been the top lovely. of my. <laughs> key. It's at the top of my yes, queue. But it's framed by the older Isherwood, you know, looking right. back on it, and right. he's in this. I knew Chris Isherwood I'm Don Bacardi, um his surviving partner is interviewing me at the Santa Monica right, Library. Oh, perfect and beautiful I mean charming little cottage on the edge of uh you know Santa Monica canyon that I right. have treasure and that I stays in my mind but they had him in some some place with 20 foot some high palace. windows right. yeah yeah crazy yeah
0: absolutely. but anyway
4: to answer your mother's question um Yes, there's an elef- element of melancholy, but I don't know what I'm missing now, the way it used to be, mm. um, or the city itself. Yeah. <clears throat> I love where we are. I love that we have a, an adobe house at the end of a dirt road, and that fulfills all sorts oh. of crazy yeah. uh, that sounds pretty fabulous. fantasies in and of itself. Right. But um, uh, I I would love to find a place, and I, I hinted at that on Facebook the other day, and a realtor got on there and asked oh, yeah. me how much money I wanted to spend... And I told him uh, for, you know, a rental. And he laughed hysterically. He said, you may have to put out for this. (laughs) 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 So there's some of that old San Francisco in that
0: (laughs) realtor. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We have another question regarding San Francisco from one of our loyal party people, Justin Simpson, who lives in the Bay Area. He wanted to ask you, which neighborhood area district uh, of the city do you think has evolved for the best and which one has devolved for the worst?
4: Oh boy, that's a real estate question. I couldn't really tell you that, but um <clears throat> um I would think culturally
0: he would you know is more of the sort of like what what what's really not like it used to be? what used to be? Well, you know, Market
4: and- Street has eight foot i mean eight eight floor <laughs> um apartment houses on it uh, that have just sprung up in the last year, right. Um, it's kind of like the strip out here. I mean, you're seeing these things that are just zooming up and changing yeah. right. the look of yeah. it all. And I never thought I'd get all nostalgic about the kind of funky look of the strip. But, it, you know, that could be gone fairly right. soon. Yeah, yeah, I
1: think it is really challenged right now. Um,
4: yeah. yeah. So, um, I, I don't know. I still, I would love to be back in the Castro just because mm. it is a village. Yes, And uh, there's pedestrian life, yeah. Yeah. And there's the movie theater, and there's your druggist, and um, it's uh, it offers a lot of things that you get from a village but it's in a big city you can still do most of the things in the Castro
0: that we did as a family in 1985 or 1986 we would walk up to the Castro theater and me and my mother and father would sit in the front row and the organist would come up before the movie yeah. and watch and play and we saw movies like the Wolfman and Rebecca and Ivanhoe and that experience is still there for anyone to have yeah you know? yeah so I'm glad to hear you say that about the Castro because I do
4: I do believe that I think it's that. in pretty good shape it's actually. in good shape yeah. it's just Way too expensive, but uh, yeah. for many people. But um, I, yeah, I, I think the Castro's held on. I don't the stuff south of Market, all the new stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't. I sound like my grandmother. It used to sound. <laughs> I don't know where I am anymore. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> but I, I don't know the recognize feeling. Recognize anything? Right? Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely.
0: So let's get to your book. We have so many fascinating things we should talk about, but we should also talk about the days of Anna Madrigal. Is this really the end? Yes, it is. Wow.
1: Just you can't do it anymore. I
4: just I don't want to I don't want to fail at it. And how perfect to go out
1: as a bestseller, right? right? Yeah,
4: absolutely. Yeah, maybe maybe it took that. I don't know.
5: I'm leaving and I'm not coming back. <laughs> like Motley
1: Crue signing a, a contract, technique. swearing that you're right, not. Right, it's your do retirement it tour to get the ticket <laughs> right? sales up. Right, my farewell tour. Absolutely, yeah. but yeah.
4: I do mean it. I mean, I I wanna I want I want it to ring true. Yeah, I've got some younger characters in there that I know how to write, mm-hmm. but if I bring too many more in, I'm afraid that I'd get that wrong because it's always grown out of my own experience, and and I certainly know how to write about, uh, you know, people in their older people, people in their 60s, and and even Anna was not difficult. Once you pass... Sixty-five, you're basically in Geezer Land, and you and you, <laughs> and you can totally identify with a ninety-two-year-old woman. Sure, yeah. like it's all
1: kind of in the same. It evens out. It evens out. Last yeah, week I, I think it's always worth yeah. pointing out to young people: yeah. you're going to be old a lot longer than you were ever young, and so you you yeah. might want to work on those it's skills. It's not bad either. I mean, no. it's not
4: bad in the sense physically, that stuff is harder, but um, it's not bad to have that. Less tension about everything in yeah. terms of how you're looking and all of that. What you're gonna accomplish. Yeah, where what you're going gonna going do. What you're gonna put next. up with. Yes, absolutely. Um, that's pretty good side of it. That's the, mm-hmm. the that's the that's the, the best upside. report I can. That's the upside. Yeah. And medical care is improving. That helps. Yeah. I'm I'm on Medicare now and oh, Hallelujah. There was a, <laughs> there, was a period, there was a period there where I let my I, I, I'm terrible at managing my own affairs and I let my medical insurance. And, I, uh, you know, drops. Laps, lapsed, yeah. yeah. And I joined, I can't remember what the initial is, but it's the show business one and that writers are a part of. If you're, mm-hmm. if you're a member of Penn, you can get it. Oh. Mm. oh I but I paid $25,000 a year. Oh, my God. To Whoa. hang on to medical insurance. Wow. Um, because you must, basically. Right. Yeah. Especially if you're older. Yeah, as you get right? up there, yeah. Um, but... Um, so, where, how did we get on the fact that I'm a geezer? Uh, <laughs>
0: well, I was going to ask you, did you know when you started writing this book that this yeah. was the end? Yes, was this I did. planned to be the end? Okay. I did. Right. And
4: I knew the two skeins that I was going to thread together. I knew uh-huh. I wanted to write about Burning Man. Oh, okay. Uh, Burning Man is where they end up in this novel. Right. I've been there for the last two years. Uh, My husband dragged me kicking and screaming the first year. You'd have to drag me kicking and screaming, too. You'd have to drag this one screaming and screaming. It it takes place outside. (laughs) Yeah. That's just out of the question. But once you get that sarong on... (laughs) Well, if it was flattering. You'll be very, you'd be surprised how, <laughs> how easy it becomes. Right. You have to let go because there's dust everywhere. There's oh. terrible dust storms. It's really right. hot. Oh, my God. Were gosh. you in a trailer? Uh, yes. Okay. I was in a, oh, we okay took an God. RV. An RV, I meant, yes. Um, but as soon as Christopher, my husband, was saying, okay, we're going to need earplugs, I said, what are we going to need earplugs for? Because it's an it's a rave that goes on all night long right. in some all areas. All wow. Um. But there's, it's it's a real adventure. It's uh-huh. wonderful. And I mean, it seems you, like a perfect subject for you. Yeah. And it's so full of coincidence. It's perfect for a novel because right. um, anybody can meet anyone. Right. There are no cell phones. Uh, so you just wander out into the playa and things happen. You see people and you bump into people you haven't seen for the longest time. Um and it's pretty cool this year um, at Christopher's suggestion I I didn't take a bicycle I took an adult uh, tricycle <laughs> <laughs> I think that's great. Oh, it was fabulous. You can pedal out into the playa, and if you get exhausted, you can just sit there. Right.
1: You're already in your chair. You're already in your chair. You don't have to maintain that's your balance bad. or anything. I think that's genius. I might get
4: one just yeah, to go around West Hollywood. I had to, I had, it's entirely different from riding a bicycle, so I had to master it, because uh-huh. it fell on me the first three times. Oh. I, that's oh, no. embarrassing, falling off your tricycle. Yeah,
1: that really does. Oh. You want? I hope nobody
4: saw. That's yeah. Wonderful. Oh, no. It's, you don't care. Yeah, You really don't care. Um, uh, and just crazy things happen. My friend Andy Greer showed up in some circus shorts or something. Was, <laughs> he, 43 looks fabulous in them, you know. Right. And told us that Madonna had just brought the rights to his book, you know, oh, in her trailer. Wow, wow. Wow. That's nice. And I thought, wow, you know, uh, it's just... Um, it's sort of nutty what happens to you when you're there, right? It sounds it sounds like San Francisco used to be. It is,
1: <laughs>
5: <You> <laughs> it know? is. It's
4: yeah.
1: where they all went. It yeah. is, and it's where the characters all go to. They sort go. Of, the, uh, some a, Anna,
4: Anna Madrigal in this novel is heading to Winnemucca, her childhood. Right home to see Mama yeah, or to see her. her there's source. no one to see. Yeah. That's what they're trying to figure out. What who is she going to go see after right. 75 years? Right. What, what, who could possibly be there? Um, and uh, that's that's one mystery and then the others are heading off uh, further south into into burning man and i get to put in all my grumpiness about the experience into michael um, so there are autobiographical elements. Uh,
1: As there always
4: have to yeah. be. I can't yeah. you we can
1: never be left out of what we write. No, no.
4: And it, it would and why be would be flat to? and weird yeah, yeah. if we left ourselves out.
1: It is that revelation I think that makes I I think it's what people have connected so much with with the tales is how incredibly personal it is, how very sort of revealing it is. Uh, people can connect with those people because they're very
4: real and very honest. Well, don't very... you find if you do that and then somebody says, I love that part where you talked about this, I do that too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> right. You feel better. Right. Yeah, you put, absolutely. You put the most like, embarrassing uh, oh, things about yourself and that Good, I'm not quite, quite as
1: insane as I thought. Yeah. yeah. Yes.
0: Absolutely. Yes, I was
1: watching a special about um, – uh, uh, Catcher D- in the Ride, J.D. Salinger. Yeah. And that was his experience where he wrote this book that he was revealing his insanity, and everybody connected to it. Everybody was like, oh yeah, that's totally yeah. how I feel too. And he exactly. was like, really? I'm not crazy after all. This is mm-hmm. how everybody thinks. Yeah, yeah. I think that is enormously supportive. Well, yeah. I,
0: I hate to say that we're running out of time. <gasps> no. We could keep you here all night, but you're a busy man and you're on a book tour, so we're going to hit you with one more question from one of our party people before we let you go. This is Samiko Salson, also a Bay Area resident. She right? says, Mr. Mopan is a groundbreaker. Does he think things have gotten better since back in the day when Tales of the City prompted a bomb threat in Chattanooga. Lord. I realize we have a long way to go, but are they better?
4: Oh, yeah, they're better. I mean, I, I, by the very moment that that bomb threat was happening, there was a uh, an Oklahoma legislator condemning me and Tales of the City on the steps of the legislature. And now we have a federal dr- judge there saying that, uh, you know, that uh, equal... Right, that, that we, marriage equality is, 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 the, make, is you, the thing of the... You can't amend your constitution yeah, to discriminate against yeah, people, but right. that that's not okay. Yeah, yeah and, and I thought about that when it happened. Yes, of course they're better. Yeah, right. yeah. And much, I, much better.
1: And I have to say, they're a lot better because of the bravery of people like you. Indeed. Oh, Indeed. thank you. Thank you, thank you thank for you. standing up and, and saying what needed to be said and letting people know that everybody's just people, that nothing's queerer than folk, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah and we all believe that. Yeah. You know, yeah. And
4: everyone, My friends have always believed That and I knew it was a matter of time. Yeah, really. If we put ourselves out there, once they meet us, they'll know that we're not not so bad. The power of Tales of the City for me was that
0: it showed how well people could love each other in the absence of those traditional pseudo Christian frameworks that people believed were essential for taking care yeah. of each other. It was about how they showed up for each other in this deliciously lawless,
4: I'm putting in air quotes, environment. That was what I loved right. so much Thank about you. It. Yeah. Well, That's what, I, what Mrs. Magical refers to as your logical family as opposed to your biological Absolutely. family. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Yes, you that's can have. Brilliant. You know, there could be members of your biological family who are also part yeah, of your right. logical family. Right. I have but one yes. I can think of immediately. Right. Um. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> totally. Not cutting her out.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> right. Absolutely. Uh, uh, absolutely. But yes, the logical family that evolves from just participating in your own life and yes. leading it honestly and yeah. truthfully. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I think you've given so many people the courage to do that.
4: Absolutely. Thank. you. You. That's uh, really nice. To and
1: know.
0: you're you're another check mark on our dinner party show bucket list. Oh, so well, I got to so
4: realize I, I, I'm staying here and eating the finger sandwich You are welcome to stay as
1: long
0: as you
4: want. <laughs> and
1: come back anytime you want. <laughs> Any Whenever you you're want. in town, let us know oh, thank and you, you so come much. by. We'll have whatever you want. We'll have beef Wellington if you <laughs> absolutely <laughs> do whatever.
0: You've been listening to our interview with Armistead Mobin This is the Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Ryan and I'm Eric
1: Shaw Quinn. And
0: we'll be back in a minute. Thanks for listening.
2: Remember your first bike. Your first puppy, your first love. Well none of these things have anything to do with computers, but we'd like you to think that they do. It would also be helpful to our sales figures if you believe that buying a computer will put you in the same league with the inventors of Skype or Google or PayPal. It seems ridiculous, but you buy refrigerators and cars based on the same kind of meaningless and disingenuous emotional appeals, so why not buy a computer for the same spurious reasons? how they look, what other people will think of you, or some lines of poetry that you've never heard before but can pretend mean something to you while you make an ill-informed choice about a highly technical purchase? Why worry about performance or specification when you can buy a computer because you believe it will make your life into something you're not willing to make it into for yourself? The new hipster 2000 XL. Believe it can change your life because
3: we said so. You're listening to the Dinner Party Show with Christopher Rice and Eric Shaw Quinn, where dessert is the most important meal of the day. Welcome back to the Dinner Party Show. I'm Christopher Rice and I'm Eric Shaw Quinn. Still
0: Christopher Rice after all these years, and that Armistead Mopin interview. Tell me how to pronounce his last name, Eric Shaw. Mopin, That's hard. Yeah, Armistead Mopin. I always want to call him Armistead Mopan, but that's that's like you know, not his name. Not his name. (laughs) (laughs) That'd be like. But he was
1: even gracious about that. Eric Shaw Quinine. Charming man. And
0: <laughs> stamping out malaria one show
1: at a time. Is that
0: what it is? I thought it was in tonic water. Well, that's what's in tonic water. And it actually stops malaria.
1: It has some it is some ancient Victorian cure or wow. treatment for that was why gin and Tonic became popular in the empire was so that people could were actually treating their malaria while they were <laughs> getting their freak on <laughs> get
0: your freak on and treat malaria that was the marketing campaign was it the Vic- victorian's loved With using lime. the word freak in yes, their marketing yes
1: was a big yeah, it was a big plus for uh, the victorian no i think they were drinking and all the, they were drunk all the time it was just yeah. they, they they added something to it. I think the gin cut the taste of the coin if I, mean. I
0: had lived in the Victorian era I would have been drunk all the time too I'm not sure I could have quite studied. well I don't know
1: what else you would have had to do
0: yeah yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's not
1: like there would have been a problem with drunk driving. They didn't have cars yet. So yeah, right. I mean, drunk carriaging? I'm <laughs> not sure. I don't, I don't know. Anyway, none of this is really what we'd planned to talk about. It's just Eric no. Schott and brought that up. What we, uh, we want to talk about is next week's show is summer previews. So we want you to call... 323-PEZ-TDPS, and tell us what movies you are planning to see this summer and why.
0: Or that you've already seen, since we're already kind of
1: in the thick of summer movie season starts earlier and earlier every year. They're going to start it in April. Yeah, I mean, it's already rolling. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. So, we're dying to know what you... And we'll, of course, have our own opinions about that. Plus, we'll be launching the new favorites.
0: That's right. Once a month, we are going to make heartfelt and genuine recommendations for products that we love. These are not just books and movies and TV shows, although that's most of what we talk about here on The Dinner Party Show. These are also snacks, household products, all sorts of good things. And I will add that we actually like these things. Yeah. These are not just things we've been no, paid to promote nobody or Nobody is...
1: Like. I'm not... I, these are things that we actually like and use in our own lives. And and if you buy them from one of our affiliates through the links in the, on the favorites page, it helps to support the Dinner Party Show. As do all of your purchases here.
0: Absolutely. And Christopher and Eric's favorites has been added in the form of a small and we hope soon familiar seal at the bottom of the left-hand menu at thedinnerpartyshow.com, and that is where you will find our easy-to-use site, which is really a store, in yeah. a manner of speaking. Yeah. yeah, it's
1: the new the Dinner Party Show store is just expanding. It's yeah. a new wing.
0: Absolutely, a new wing of the dinner party. And you can show. get Armistead
1: Maupin's book. Thank him so much. I thank him so much for coming by and do being we a really part think that's
0: gonna be the last book in the Tales of the City series? We'll see. I hope not.
1: You know, yeah. I always want to hear more from him, but you know, I can also understand you reach a point where it's like yeah. I don't want to talk about those people anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Well, until next week, I'm
0: Christopher Rice. And I'm
1: Eric Shaw Quinn.
0: And you've been listening to the dinner party show.
1: Thanks.